Yo, what it do, what it do? What's going on? Yeah, you already know right here. Let me do the intro real quick. Welcome to another episode of Trevor Lee's. We got your truly baby traps and we got a special guest today. Gus right here in the building. Bam, 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 bam. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What to do, what to do, my dude? Man, chilling, chilling, enjoying life. Ain't nothing less. That's right, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. So I'm going to straight into this. Um, let's go. Positivity. Positivity and negative, right? Yeah, yes, sir. That are, you know, different, similar, and, and uh, similarities and differences, right? Why do you feel that people nowadays love negativity so much? I mean, I'll speak on it from my perspective, you know, uh, which is very, I would feel it's somewhat controversial. Um, I'm one that loves negative energy, you know, especially when it's thrown at me. To me, <laughs> to me, it's fuel to the fire, you know. I'm a very driven individual, and I try to surround myself with driven people. Um, so anything thrown against me, you know, it's just fuel for the tank. You got to eat it and keep pushing, keep grinding, you know. I feel like so many people dwell on negative um, energy and let it affect their lives so much that it starts consuming them. So their only way of venting is to throw out negative energy towards others that didn't hurt them or that didn't damage them. I feel like one of the biggest lessons in life is learning how to accept that, you know, we are the cause of some of the issues that we do face in life. We are the reason why, you know, we might run out of a job. We are the reasons why, you know, we jump into relationships that might be a little toxic. And I feel like a lot of times we're quick to point the finger and not realize, you know, we got three or four fingers pointing right back at us. And we sometimes got to work on ourselves and discover who we truly are. Okay, okay. So what would you say makes a person toxic? I mean, I feel like... (laughs) each their own um i feel like a toxic person uh could be based on what you look at it you know a lot of people look at people hey somebody's talked mess about somebody and looked at that as a toxic person me individually i feel like a toxic person is somebody who does somebody harm or changes something in somebody else's life without giving them control you know if you're sitting there you know and somebody gets fired because of you or, you know, a friendship ends because of you. That's you taking control over somebody's life. And I feel like that's a very toxic trait to have. That's true. That's true. I mean, what about when it comes to, like, say, relationship-wise? I mean, relationship-wise, you know, I feel relationships in general should be compromised. You know, you give and you get. Uh, In today's world, obviously, a lot of people, you know, we kind of get the hint now that, you know, everything's out in the book. Like, everything's out in the open. And a lot of people are very selfish nowadays. And I think it takes a lot out of somebody's pride to say, hey, you know what? It's okay. I'll take my little pride stool down the notch just to commit to a relationship, commit to being able to compromise with whoever you're dating or whoever you're talking to. That takes a lot out of a character, especially men. Um, I feel... Some women do it too, you know? It takes a lot out of both sides to sit there and say, you know what, I'm fine alone, but let me compromise because this is somebody I want to be with. 
a lot of times people look for what they need and not what they want. And that's what I feel like leads to a lot of toxic relationships. So would you say like the whole thing with the, with marriage and all that, that marriage is not working these days or. I think if I'm from my perspective, right. I could be wrong. I feel like from my perspective, a lot of people in today's world are not seeking marriage for the same reason. You know, they're seeing these relationships. They're seeing couples go from one to another. They're seeing people just bounce around. It's a lot easier. Like I said earlier, it's a lot easier to just move on instead of sit there and fight the battle. You know, um, I like to think of it, you know, God always has your back. So any battle that you're handed to, you could face. And a lot of people might not look at it that way. A lot of people, it might be easier to say, you know what? Hey, look, we argue, we fight. And they might not have the mental stability to sit there and have a nice conversation. And I'm not talking about yelling to each other. Just a simple conversation about what works, what doesn't work, what they can fix, what they can't fix. A lot of people don't put in that effort. And I feel like that leads to these relationships ending so quickly and moving on to the next one. So I feel like a lot of people look at momentary happiness. You know, somebody makes you smile. Somebody makes your day. Somebody takes you out to eat. You take those momentary happinesses and put together a relationship that probably would not build if you knew who that person truly was or how they truly treated people. And I feel like that plays a big role in why people in today's world don't seek marriages. I mean, me personally, I would love to get married. I'd love to have a big wedding. Will it happen? Who knows? Is it something Damn. that I'm is it something that I'm looking for? I don't think so. If it comes, I'd be more than open arms for it. There it is, women. There it is, women. All my women uh, listeners. Gus right here trying to trying to get married. I'm trying to get cuffed. You know what I'm saying? At least. At least. At, at least, you know. <laughs> so changing the subject now, when it comes to careers when it comes to people going for their dreams and uh, accomplishing them would you say that you're on your way of accomplishing accomplishing your goals and, and chasing your dreams and catching them i feel like i've accomplished a lot of my goals um already you know i'm 27 um i've been working since i was 13 14 the family issues um i feel like if you set your mind to it, you could do it. You know, I tell people every day, no matter whether you set daily goals, weekly goals, yearly goals, set goals for yourself. That way you have something to push yourself to. You know, I, I think one of my biggest tendencies so far that I've noticed is that I set very high standard goals, like super high goals. But it drives me and. I disappoint myself a lot because I do set high goals and, you know, I eventually get there, but it's just that it takes longer than what I plan it. And, you know, it's hard, but I feel like my biggest goal right now is, you know, to have a company to where I won't have to show up at work. I won't have to go check in on guys. I could just, you know, sit back, relax, travel, network, start other businesses. I feel like that's my lifetime goal to have enough, of my company out there to where I know I won't have to worry about working and neither would my kids. I feel like I want them to be able to have something that if they want to be a part of the business, cool. If they want to go to college and do their own thing, great. 
I would never force my business on, you know, any relatives or any kids to come. So, and, uh, so that company, have you, is it already started or? Yeah. So, um, I started my remodeling company whenever I was 18, you know, um, like I said, I've been working since I was 14, started doing, uh, cleaning at restaurants from that. I didn't like it. They were paying me like $200 every two weeks. Damn. Yeah. I didn't like it. Um, moved on to painting, like the painting. And then I seen how much, you know, the, the people that hired me were getting paid. And I'm like, Hey, yo, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, from there, went to flooring, went to a whole bunch of different stuff and just started seeing the price ranges and stuff. So when I hit 18, I decided, you know, Hey, yo, this is something that either I'm, I'm in a point of life where I can either choose to always work for somebody or I could push myself to start my own company in business. You know, um, the biggest struggle, cause I wanted to go to college. I wanted to be a cop, but I was brought here illegally, you know? So my legal status is still in the works. It's still in the books. So at the time being, when I was 18, the only thing, the, the only two options I had was temporary labor jobs or start your own business and push it as hard as you can. And at 18, I made that decision. You know what? I don't want to work for somebody. I want to make something out of myself. I want to make something for my family. My family was never one that grew up around wealth. You know, we got by, but it was never a family that grew up on wealth. It was always a broken family. So to be able to be one that could set that for people or set that for my family was, was, and still is one of my biggest goals. Um, being that, like, like I said, I started at 18. I would tell people, you know, it's not easy. It's not all flowers and, but I wouldn't say it's hard either. I think my biggest struggles was when I was 18, I would go out, bid jobs, and people would look at me like, hey, yo, you're a little kid. You don't know nothing about this. You can't yeah, pay my do. house. They do judge. They yeah, do judge. so I was judged a lot when I started my company. And they didn't realize, you know, I was working way before that. I was working at a way younger age. But, you know, you let your work speak for itself, and you'll get very far. You know, one of the biggest life lessons is, if uh, I get paid not for the time I take, if not how valuable my work is. So do you be do you believe that people that everybody can have their own company or, or there has to be people that work for a company? I think in today's world, it's so easy for somebody to say, you know what? I'm going to start this. I'm going to start that. I think. No, yeah. I think, I think anybody can open up a business now what it takes to run one i feel like you have to be a very centered a very driven and a very motivated individual to keep it going because like i said it's not all flowers you have to do a lot of investment and you know the, one of the hardest things to invest is time that's something you never get back facts so from the age of 18 till i think i hit 23 most of my time was working, learning, uh, learning accounting, learning businesses, learning contracts, learning how to sign them, learning how to do all the legal side of the business. And I didn't really have a chance to, you know, go out 
drink, go out with friends, have fun and stuff like that. Cause I was so concentrated on my business and so driven on it that now I look back and I was like, yo, at that age, I just threw away my whole life to it, but I love it. My business is called diverse renovations, you know, diverse in the sense that, you know, I feel like I'm a colored individual and diverse in the sense that anything you need done, we can do it. I always meet a lot of construction workers that they're like, oh, I'm just a painter. Oh, I'm just a plumber. Oh, I'm just a framer. And it's like, I've always hated that because I'm like, yo, you're shutting your own doors for your own future. It don't take much for you to sit there and learn something, to put in the effort to want to learn more. I feel like that's what life is about, learning every day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, too, there's people out there that that's their trait, man, dude. That's what they just like to do. Like They don't like to... Yeah, I don't, knock, like, I don't knock the sense that if that's all you like to do, I'm 100% for it, you know? But as far as, like, what my vision goes, where I want to branch out and have oh, a yeah, big, yeah. big company, by you closing doors, you're limiting yourself. Facts. No, that's true. That is true because, I mean, at this, like, people don't understand. When there's opportunity, you got to take it. Like, you can't just realize and be like oh shit I, you know and, and people think like it could be anything it could be whether you, you're an artist or you're a, uh, a construction worker like it's not gonna be in one day it's not gonna be all like you said flowers and shit like no there's gonna be bumps and bad times sometimes they're gonna be like fuck at the same time though get that it's like damn okay 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 I see. okay i got my company that's what i'm talking about but yeah, yeah a, lot I mean, people, a lot of people quit. That's the problem. A lot of people quit. They they think that, okay, everything's going to be great. And then they hit, whether it's one bad thing or one big bump. And then they're like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm cool with this shit. I'm just going to go back to what I was doing and just stay there. Big facts. Big facts. And, um, you know, my company's been around now for going on 12 years. Okay, it's okay. And I still, I feel like it's barely growing, man. I got four workers that work for me, and I still feel like, yo, this is nothing. Like, I'm still at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you have progressed from, from what, when you started. But I get what you're saying, though. I get your mentality, because you, you're trying to get it where it's like, you know, union type, like a lot of yeah. workers. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people, like a big-ass company. Yeah, in time you'll get there because yeah, and I'm not telling you anything new. But for say for people that quit easily, what would you tell them? I mean, at the end of the day, inside your mind, you're your own boss, right? You're the one nice. that controls everything you do and everything you say. So the the moment that you say, "Hey, you know what? This ain't this ain't for me. I got to give up." At that moment is whenever, you know, your body's going to give up on you. Straight up. It's going to give up on you, and that's sad. So I, I would say keep pushing. You know, nothing's ever too hard. The struggle is there. Don't get me wrong. The struggle is always there. But Thanks. that don't necessarily mean, hey, give up. Stop. <laughs> Stop that shit. I, I, think the biggest, <laughs> I think the biggest, you know, lesson is finding people that are willing to support you, are willing to encourage you. 
I feel like that's yeah, one of the biggest lessons that people don't understand in the beginning because what happens is a lot of people in the beginning think that everyone's your friend, which at, at, at some time, yeah, they probably were, but then things change and all this shit happens, whatever the case is. So when people want to support, like, honestly, when it comes to support, a lot of the times when it sucks, I'm not going to say all the time, but I would say your town or city would probably be like one of the last ones or, or they could be the first ones. But from what I've seen, usually it's always the last, depending on what you're doing. Like if it's construction and stuff like that, then I can see it being the first. But when you're trying to do something like be on a big platform or, or some something like that, because people don't believe in you. And obviously the only person that should believe in you is you, right? The support and all that comes after. Now, when you're like doing this company, right? Is there? Okay, so when what got you to go on TikTok? Because that's where I met you. And yes, why don't you um, promote your company on TikTok? So um, TikTok, I see as a perfect platform to network. You know, to meet in great individuals like yourself. Um, I personally, you know, I always looked at TikTok as a platform to connect outside of my community. Okay. So I I would hate to post, you know, my work and try to get bids and stuff like that on TikTok when a lot of the people I meet are in completely different states, you know, and I feel like I would have to branch out enough here to be able to go set up another station front somewhere else. Okay. So that was one of the biggest reasons why I never promoted my remodeling company on there. Um, the main reason I joined TikTok is to start networking with people is I do have another business that I'm trying to start up, you know, my clothing brand business called Rise Up. And I, I want that to be used on the platform. I want a lot of people to look at it. And that that one I made just because, you know, growing up, I never had help. Um I had, like I said, a broken family, so I never had a voice. I never had nobody to listen to my problems. Every problem I faced, most of the time it was alone because I didn't want to burden nobody because I knew what it felt like to not have nobody there. So my company, Rise Up, that I'm starting, we're we're finalizing it now, but um, it stands for, you know, Rise Up. No matter the struggle, no matter the problems, no matter what you're going through, Rise Up. You can keep pushing. Um it's going to have a lot of inspirational quotes on the back of the hoodies. And um, I wanted to, I want to build the website to where anybody and everybody could go and leave a testament, whether you buy a shirt or don't buy it, you can leave a testament and see that you're not the only one with a testament like that. So you'll be able to relate to people. You'll be able to see you're not alone. You'll be able to have the strength because other people are willing to voice their struggles, willing to voice their abuse they went through. Okay, okay. And that's what I really wanted to be about, you know, people being able to voice their own opinions and find a happiness. There's, like I said, a lot of people that bottle up so much emotions and so much pain because one, they think people don't care, or two, they feel like they don't have a voice. That is true, though. A lot of people think that. A lot of people say, like, nobody cares, which, in a way, I used to look at it like that before, like, back then. 
They're like, hey, no one gives a fuck. Like, everyone's on their own. Like, everybody wants to just do them. But now there are people, obviously, that do care. But at the same time, it just, I feel for some people, they don't want to, uh, they think it's like a burden to say, like, their problems to people. So that's why they don't say shit. Big fact. So, uh, Big fact. Yeah, so, I mean, to do something like that, for a company like that is actually pretty great because, you know, people get to let out, bottle everything out because it's, it's horrible to bottle shit in. Oh, my God. It's like real bad. But like, when would like you say, or I should ask, um, when would this like start to uh, be in effect? Like when can people buy shirts, sweaters or? So right now I'm waiting on a legal team that I hired because I do have to take certain steps, you know, to copyright everything and to license a lot of the stuff that I'm going to have on the website. Um, just for my protection, you know, especially with other people being able to leave their own quotes, their own um, message, you have to protect your energy so it won't go back and have people say, hey, you know what, you used what I said or stuff like that. Sue you. So I'm waiting on that paperwork to finalize. Um, I already have about, I think, 100 hoodies already made. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have 100 hoodies already made with different quotes, different colors. Um, the website is already designed. It's already up in a private server. So as soon as I get that paperwork, I'm launching. So hopefully by the end of this year, man, I don't like to rush stuff and I don't like to give no, exact know. dates because um, I want... I'm one. I'm a perfectionist when it comes to work ethic, you know. Yeah. So the the more I could tweak it, the more I could fix it. I mean, what I could say though, with that, being a perfectionist, in a way, is kind of like not. I'm not gonna say it messes things up, but because I feel like you should launch it anyways, and tweak it as you go because. The things what happens is that if you wait so long, I mean, I get it that you want a good product and I know that you want everything to come through and have everything good. But sometimes, my dude, I'm telling you, like, sometimes you just got to start and then it just goes like, honestly, the, the merch that I have for the podcast, I don't even get to put it on the website because it, it sells out so damn quick. Like, it's just crazy. Like, that's now, beautiful. That, now, everyone works different, obviously. You yeah. do, you know. You honestly, you, I know how how it how it is, but okay. For instance, the sweaters and and the shirts and all that. Like, okay, for you say you had a hundred hoodies. Are you gonna like just stay with a hunt? Like, just sell only a hundred hoodies, or it's just gonna keep going up like different colors or no? Nah, so the hundred hoodies are just my launch, you know, and then they're gonna be like in, like special like edition or so so the hundred hoodies. I'm a launch. Um, I have a a couple people that are on TikTok platform mm -hmm. that are willing to push the brand and support it 100. So they're kind of like my uh, ambassadors to say. Okay, okay. So, um, whenever I have the paperwork ready, the way I plan on launching is I'm gonna have a pre-sale for the hundred hoodies. You know, pre-sale is gonna go up. You're gonna get a certain percentage off. You're gonna be able to customize a little bit more of the hoodie than what's already on there. Mm -hmm. You're gonna get a pick your quote and you're gonna be able to be one of the first people to leave that testament. Um, I also, after that, I have already on my website where I have 
six different designs that's gonna change like throughout the seasons for fall, for spring, for you know, winter. So it's gonna be different merch coming in constantly. But oh, I wanna nice. do the pre-sale to see exactly what kind of flow or traffic I'm gonna create. Cause I would hate to make an order for a thousand products and then just have it sit there. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. One of my biggest. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. One of my biggest, you know, struggles mentally is failure. You know, I'm one that I talk to myself very hard mentally. I always tell myself, if you let somebody or something get to you, you're mentally weak. So being a failure has always been a big aspect of something I never want in life. You know, regardless of what it is, whether it's sports, whether it's talking to people, whether it's meeting people, whether it's a conversation, just walking out feeling that I failed myself and whoever it is that I'm supporting or talking to makes me feel very weak inside. So that's the reason why, you know, I take these precautions with my businesses, with my life, with friendships. Yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean. I feel, I feel like when it comes to stuff, you have to, I mean, the fail comes though, my dude, like, it's not like saying that you fail completely where you're just not going to do nothing, but that's what I'm saying. The little bumps that could be, for instance, you said, I don't want to get stuck with like a thousand sweaters, like, which is, which is, yeah, that's the way you're supposed to think. Cause people sometimes jump the gun too much, but at the same time, by if you fail, it's not the end of the world. Like I get it. That's your way of doing things. That's the way that you know you you're gonna do it, and that's what gets it what what gets it done. But I'm saying for people that are not in that in that state of mind, like because you know people are different, everyone's different. If you fail, it doesn't mean to give up. It does not mean to give up. It just it just means you got to just try harder this time, like coming at it a different angle, or or you because I feel like when people fail, they know why they failed. Some people don't. But I feel most part they do because they're like, damn, well, what if I, you know, because like you said, you're, you're a perfectionist, so you're just well prepped, right? Most people, I mean, not most people, but there's people that work as in like, okay, they go as they go. Or there's people that, you know, they can improvise, whatever the case is. Now, when it comes to, you say that you're tough on yourself, you being your own worst critic what what is it that motivates you to get past all that you you being I mean, hard on yourself i mean when i started my business you know my remodeling business when i first yeah. launched it i met a guy his name was ryan um and he, he was the one that told me you know what i know you're new i have two houses they need complete renovations he's like okay. i'm willing to pay this much for each house the rest is on you. You can hire people. You can do it yourself. I'll give you checks every time you need them. But I believe in you. He told me, he's like, but I'm going to give you one lesson and one lesson all. Whether you live by it or let it, you know, just fly over your shoulders, it's on you. And the lesson he gave me was, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. So even though I might criticize myself and put myself down every time it you know, preparing myself for the worst situation that might happen, whether it's life, whether it's a friendship, you know, I still hope 
for the best. I still hope that, you know, nothing goes wrong. I still pray that everything goes right. I still, you know, hope the relationships I build are great. People won't, you know, use, abuse my trust. Yeah. So I feel like that's one of the biggest lessons I could give somebody, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. I feel like you could never be over-prepared. So I feel like just preparing and by preparing for, I I will put it this way. Never say that you failed. That's one of the biggest lessons I could give somebody. Never say that you failed. Yeah. Say that you've learned a lesson. Yep. Whatever it is that you may have thought of to be a failure, you know, take it as a lesson given to you. Take it, take something out of it. That's going to, turn into a positive that way you don't dwell on it and i feel like that's one of my biggest aspects of to why i'm so big on failure because every time i do stumble i look at it as a lesson i still don't look at it as a failure now you said like when it comes to like people like friends that you're hard on like um well depending the friendship do you believe that people deserve second chances I don't think I would put it this way. Depending on what kind of person you are Mm -hmm. would dictate whether people deserve a second chance or not. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of people that are very closed off when they meet you. There's people that, you know, it takes time for you to build a trust with them, for them to open up, for them to confide in you, for them to trust you. If you're one of those people... I feel like it's okay to give somebody a second chance because at the end of the day, that person did all this to get to know who you truly are. The least you could do is give them a second chance. Me, on the other hand, regardless of if I met you yesterday or I met you five years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you 100% of my trust. Now, the moment you break that trust is the moment I cut back. I close myself off. Like completely or little by little? Depending on the situation, depending on what it is they did, um, I always close myself off. You know, like I said, another great quote, you know, don't bleed on others that didn't cut you. And by that meaning, it's like any pain that you've got hurt, let's say by a past friendship, you know, they lied. A past relationship, oh, they cheated. Another past relationship, oh, they physically abused me. You can't bring those characteristics into a new relationship or into a new person because the moment you do, that person's already going to have that mistrust. Like, yo, she don't even trust me and she don't even know me or he don't even trust me. He don't even know me. So with that being said, like, I feel like the best thing we can do is trust somebody 100% fully. Give somebody our full devoted attention, our full devoted love. That way, the moment they break it, they realize what it is that they just lost. And that, that is, uh, I I do like that concept, but what happens is that a lot of people don't love themselves. And when people don't love themselves or even trust themselves, they can't give trust to anybody. A lot of people, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I could say I was the same way back then. Like, I was like, I'm never letting my guard down or like, whoop-de-whoop, like, I'm not gonna fuck that and all this nonsense. And But at the same time, someone showed me that like everyone deserves a chance. And like you said, you can't bring 
what happened to you in the past, your trauma to others because they don't know about it. They haven't done shit to you, like as far as I know. I mean, here's another one, you know, and I feel like this is a, a great one with meeting people. Because a lot of times you got to ask yourself, why am I meeting this person, right? Mm-hmm. And when you meet somebody that does have these closed doors or these closed walls, right? I would say never try to tear down a wall if you don't know why it was put up. Oh, that's 100% true. So by that meaning, it's like sometimes you have to dig deep within yourself and find out why your walls are put up to be able to understand why other people are closed off. And it goes into a lot of self-development. You know, you have to know exactly who you are, what you want, who you want out of life. That's why I love people that set high standards, whether it's friendships, um, relationships, worth ethic. High standards are a great thing because you know your self-worth. The moment you know your self-worth is the moment that you start taking control of your life. Now, the big concept with self-worth, though, is that, you know, some people do get very egotistical about it. That's where I find it to be kind of wrong. The moment you lose your humbleness is the moment, you know, you set yourself up for failure. Because I don't know about most people, but at least for me, it's easy to read when somebody's all ego or somebody's all talk. Yep. Yeah. So so to see a lot of great individuals that you're like, wow, that person was so smart. But, man, their ego just ruined it for me. Like, that's sad to me. It is, but I mean, it happens a lot. And, and a lot of the times, too, like, even when you meet people and and you're like, damn, this, this cat is solid, but it's just like, damn, they aren't, they really, really, like, paranoid and and just pretty much on some, uh, like, toxic shit. And it's just like, damn. But at the same, yeah, but honestly... It just depends, too, how it goes. Like, I've met people that they've been, like, their guards been up like crazy. And just out of nowhere, they just start, you know, venting. Because to me, uh, what happens, I think, with me a lot, I feel when I meet across, or when I come across people, especially people that I barely met, I, like, feel comfortable with myself always, 24-7. So I forget that I barely meet these people. So then I start, like, you know, Cause when my circle of friends, we all talk shit. We all are all clowning and everything. It's it's a great time, and I forget that. Okay, I'll, these people don't even know me, and I'm already you know. Especially if they start to joke around, and it's like, okay, we good then. You know, we joking. So then, when when it comes to that, a lot of people I've that I've met have even told me they're like, oh, well, I thought when I first met you, you was like all cocky or something. Or I'm like, nah, my dude, it's just. I felt comfortable because you started joking, and that's why I came off like that. Because you know, to me, huh? That that's funny that you say that. You know that they look at you and they're like, "Hey, yo, like this and that." Because like I, I kind of feel the same way. You know, I feel like I'm an open book when I meet people, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people can look at me and from the distance hear my conversation, like, "Hey, yo, that looks like a great guy." Somebody that's really nice. Yeah. And then they start getting closer and, you know, they start joking around. I'm a big (laughs) sarcastic person. And a lot of times people don't understand my sarcasm, right? 
<laughs> so the moment they start getting a glimpse of that, the first thing I hear, hey, yo, why you being an asshole? <laughs> hey, yo, why you talking so much shit? And it's like, you got to stay in the circle that I'm around. You know, I can count on one hand. So, like, we yeah. chop it up all day, every day, whether it's learning some shit or just talking shit about something. So it's like when new people come around, I feel that comfort where I'm like, all right, you talk some shit. All right, let me let loose then. Yeah, because it's like you're giving me the gr- you're giving me the green light. It's cool. We good. Like, and the thing is, too, I know with, with my circle of friends, if you get into someone's head, it's it's worse because then it's like, oh, okay, I'm under this guy, I'm under this fool's skin. Okay, here we go. But obviously, that's just how we play around. And yeah, people get they get butthurt at the like for five minutes, but then it's just like my dude. And then they're just like, oh, you know, they realize like, oh shit, you know, I'm I'm fucking up the vibe. And it's just uh, that's one of the things that I've noticed. Cause I remember there was a time the homie was throwing a, a ugly Christmas sweater party. And when I heard one of his homies go like, Yeah, man, I'm a day one, I'm a day one. And I came up to him like, my dude, I'm like the ninth week, homie, and I've never seen you in my life. And he, yeah. he got he got, <laughs> he got butthurt. He's just like Oh, that's messed up. You're an asshole. And and keep in mind, he was we was clowning each other at first. So I felt, you know, comfortable. And this he ended up leaving crying. He left, he cried in the car, like on some real shit. I was like, what the f-? yeah, I mean to, him, like, to me, well, it's kind of it's gotten to the point where I kind of gotta apologize because you, know, <laughs> you can tell right away when they're like, Oh shit, they took it seriously. <laughs> so, yeah, because like, they're just like no, fuck that, man. Like, I'm like, bruh. Yeah, Come so, on, like, man. sometimes I got to catch myself quick and be like, hey, yo, yo, yo. I was just joking. I was just joking. Chill, chill, chill. Yeah, like, because the comfortability, it's just, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just how it goes. And and I've realized sometimes that you can, you even see, like, some of your friends that do it and then they're like, oh, shit. I'm like, damn, I do. Now, I just saw myself holy shit yeah yeah because not especially nowadays people are like i'm gonna say more on a sensitive level because of everything that goes on because i know for sure like okay can i ask you uh have you ever been bullied no me neither and and i'm gonna tell you straight up because i know when i went to school if they were clowning, you would have to have jokes. Or if not, that's how you get bullied. I but mean, growing I just... up in school, I don't know about you, but I grew up watching your mama jokes. Yeah, like, I... my dude, there was always something to clown on. Like, Yeah, like, I grew up back when people used to say, dang, he just flamed you up. Yeah, so when people would be, like, talking shit, like, you were, even if it was the worst comeback of all times, but you said something. And, and now that I hear that people getting bullied until like even after school online and it's just to me I always remembered and I'm not I don't condone violence but I remember back then if someone was bullying you had to punch him in the mouth and so then but like I know these days people are like that's wrong and all this shit but it's because I don't know maybe I'm just old school about it but I mean, I agree with you 100%. I think the first time in my life that I ever see bullying, I was, I think, five years old. My brother was four. I think I was in first grade and he was in kindergarten. 
Yeah. And we used to walk to school nonstop, you know, and I was in boxing since I was four. So I was already what five, six at the time. Yeah. And um we used to we used to walk to school that was right around the corner. And then out of nowhere we got these two new neighbors and they were kids going to the same school. One was in my brother's grade and the other one was already like a sixth grader, like about to go into middle school. Okay. And we used to all walk together, but it got to the point where the little one would bully my brother. And every time that we would come home or go go to school, like he'd be pushing my brother around, you know? And the first couple of times, you know, the discipline that I got taught in boxing, I would tell the older brother, hey, can you tell your brother to please stop? My brother don't play like that. Like, he's very shy. My brother yeah. was always the quiet type. Oh, okay. Hey, he don't, he don't mess around. Like, just leave him alone. It got to the point where, you know, one day on our way home, the kid had kicked my brother, like, really hard in the chins. And I got mad, and I told the other brother, I was like, hey, look, if you don't do something about it, you're his older brother. If you don't do something about it, I will. And the little kid came up and kicked me in the chin. Oh, shit. And I told the older brother again. I was like, so you're not going to stop it. And the older brother started laughing. And he's like, if y'all touch my brother, y'all are going to have to deal with me. And okay. that was the first time I ever seen bullying. And I straight up kicked the big kid in the balls, punched him three times in the face, punched the little kid like twice in the face. And I threw <laughs> my brother on my shoulders and I ran all the way home and I got home. I walk in the door and I start crying. I was bawling my eyes out. And my dad walks out right away. Hey, hey, what's going on? What's going on? I just beat some kid up because they were bullying my brother and I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I felt bad for beating them up. But, you know, growing up, I, I guess around that time, you know, you realize, like, hey, your fists do the talking. I feel like in today's world, so many young generations are quick to pull out a gun that you don't get that chance. You don't get to experience that anymore, you know? Yeah. And so what happened with, with uh, those two kids? Oh, their mom ended up walking down the street and showed my parents that both the kids had black eyes and stuff like that. And my dad was like, you should have got your kids to listen. <laughs> but, like, did they – did you end up, like – they were like your ops, or you ended up being cool with them? No, they actually moved like the next week. Yeah, damn. I didn't get to see them again until uh, we hit high school right before I moved to Texas because I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Oh, okay, okay. So over there, you know, you grow up, you have to defend yourself. It's just how it is. Yeah, it's just how it is. Um, I didn't meet them again until we hit high school and. They looked at us and it was like, "Hey, turn around! <laughs> Them kids mean no business. Like they they're mean like, business." They're like, "Oh hell no, man! I thought I thought we moved, man." Yeah, moved. but but people are sensitive, man. I feel like today's world is way too sensitive. There's a lot of times that I can be sarcastic, and people think I'll tell the truth, and then later they'll be like, "Oh no, he's a liar! He's a liar!" It's like I wasn't lying; I was just being sarcastic. It's not my fault you took it as the truth. <laughs> Yeah, like I call it, I call it a uh, uh, having a PhD in bullshit. Trust, yeah, I have one too. I have one too. So we got honors in that. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it makes everything just more fun, you know. So I, also, you could say it's like putting salsa on the story, which everyone does. Yeah. I mean, I didn't say that it was a fact. I'm just talking shit, but people yeah, are like, like, yeah, you're we... right. A lot of people are sensitive and and don't they don't condone that they're like hey we want to cancel that and then it's just 
it's just like, come on, man. Like you, y'all trying to take everything away. Like honestly, I don't, I don't agree with participation trophies. Big facts. Big. I facts. feel like not everybody should get a trophy. Like if you didn't hit first, second, and third, you shouldn't get a trophy at all. Like <laughs> you should see that as a lesson and try harder because y'all team, especially if y'all team was in last place. I mean, I learned that the hard way, man. Um, growing up, you know, my parents try to put me in every single sport. I was always one to be in every single sport. I was active, you know? Yeah. And I think when me and my brother both hit, like, 10 and 11, they put us in wrestling. Oh, okay. Don't nobody ever tell you that, you know, when you join wrestling, it goes by weight class. It don't go about when you entered, <laughs> how Hell long nah. you've been there. None of that. So it goes by weight class. So I think one week into wrestling, we had a tournament. Damn. The only thing I knew how to do was how to pose before the match started. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to pin the dude's shoulders on the ground. That's all I knew. The first dude I wrestled, um, he, he's been doing wrestling ever since he was three. Damn. When I tell you I look like one of those licorice sticks just flying everywhere, because back then I was, I think, like at, at that age, I was probably close to 60, 70 pounds. God damn. That, okay. that kid was throwing me left and right like it was nothing. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you got to realize, you know, sometimes participation trophies, they're not a thing. You got you to gotta take that L and learn from it. Exactly. Most definitely. Because, I mean, I know damn well, same thing here. I, my my people's is trying to put me in every sport, right? I remember baseball. My my older brother, he's he's pretty good at baseball. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, he hit the ball, but I was like, yeah, I'm trying to play baseball too. I was probably like ten. So then I'm there, like, hey, yo, baby chaps, you're up, and I'm just like, okay. So I'm, you know, you have to grab the bat and, and the helmet, and I don't see one of uh one of the, my teammates, you know, warming up, swinging away like thinking he's. Babe Ruth or some shit like that, right? <laughs> I go out there, I turn around, and this fool, I'm telling you, he hits my forehead out the park. I wake <laughs> oh, up, shit. I wake up to like, what the, what the hell happened? And I was like, damn, I didn't know baseball was like that. I was like, hell no. Yeah, so that's full contact like, okay. right there. Yeah, I was just like, you know, I don't know about this baseball shit, but let's fuck it, let's keep going, let's keep going. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, when you bat, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at the ball and shit, like, and I don't know why I decided to look at the crowd and the ball's coming. So when I look back, blah, right in my eye. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, back to back? Back to back, my dude. I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> God damn. So I'm like, all right, y'all, this is, this is not the business. So I was just like, fuck it. Yo, but were you happy? They, they let you walk bases? My dude, I was like, what the fuck happened? I was like seeing stars, like, where am I going? Who's who's walking me to first base? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm thinking like, God damn. But obviously, like in every sport, like once you get past all that and then you actually hit the ball, then it's just like, okay, okay. Yeah. But like, that- I know those first, like, it was like the first two games, my dude. Like, well, my first two games, because when they hit me on the forehead, I was out for like four or five games, my dude. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I didn't even see that. I, I, my dude, it didn't even hurt because I didn't even like see it. I just remember turning around and boom. Like, I was just like waking up at the hospital like, hey, yo. Yeah, you know, 
you you have to realize, you know, being in a sport takes a lot of you. And <laughs> it's not just fun and games. I Hell think, no. Like I think I think the sport that taught me that was uh American football. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was a running back. And I remember one time we, we were playing against this team and they had this real stocky dude. I'm talking about he looked like he was in college playing with us. Damn, yeah, I was only like twelve and shit. Yeah, and like I was running a play, and when I tell you this dude picked me up, carried me like 10 yards back and just slammed me on the ground to the point where I passed out. Dang. When I woke up, bro, when I woke up, there was a girl. There was a girl looking at me. Like, <laughs> and and I, once I blinked three or four times, I realized that that's who carried me. Oh, shit. So it was like that movie, The Little Giants. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I got sauced by a girl, man, and that was so embarrassing to me because it was like, Yo, this girl just humbled the shit out of me. I used to think I was the little fastest running back in that corner. <laughs> and she was like, not today. Nah, not she today. can't be like it was nothing. You know what uh, used to, and I might sound like an, uh, an asshole or whatever, but I remember I used to hate when, because, you know, when you would get on a team, they you wouldn't be able to pick. They would pick for you, right? And yeah. I would hate, like, I remember one year I was in soccer, man, and I this team that I was on, I was like, God damn. We had a bunch of people that sucked. You know what I'm saying? It was only it was only me and two other kids that and those other two were actually pretty good though. But when we had to play, you know, that's that super squad, I was like, God damn, here we go. Here we go. I mean, we didn't do too bad, but like eight to eight to four. You and know you know saying? what? I, I feel like that's why we have like minded mentalities. I feel like anybody that's in sports gets that competitive and that drive in life in general. A lot of people don't realize, you know, a lot of the stuff you learn in sports is not just about playing. You learn a lot of life lessons, you know, how to treat others, how to work yep. together with people, um, how to joke around, how to have a good time, how to be dedicated to something, how to be driven. Um, so I, I think every sport I'm in, I was in because it motivated me now in life to say like, Hey, you know what? One, I can do all this stuff, but two, like it, it, it makes your mentality not as weak as other people. Yeah. And plus having childhood friends that talk a lot of shit. <laughs> that part. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm gonna tell you right now, my, the, the people that I could, you know, count on my hand, they talk a lot of shit, but it's always a great time. It's always a great time. And so I know for sure the competitiveness was always there. But, yeah, because, you know, honestly, growing up and even till now, I can't be a type of person that's going to be like, oh, look at this dipshit over here or look at this mother, you know? Like, to me, I've always been trying to, like, meeting new people. And, and a lot of, I mean, sometimes, yeah, people underestimate and then they get dealt with. It's just how it goes. Not condoning violence or anything, but that's another thing too. I, I say to people don't don't underestimate anybody, just because they look a certain way or a certain they chill with a certain crowd or I, shit. The people I, I can tell you, the people I know, man, I know somebody that be watching Harry Potter, and he's crazy as fuck. But that's just how it goes. Like, but a lot of people judge so much on the cover. Would you say? Would you agree on that? 
Oh, I agree on that 100%. You know, me, myself, I, I try to hide, you know, my evil side. I try to hide, like, <laughs> my crazy side that I'm possible, you know? Like, a lot, a lot of people don't even know I've been shot twice. A lot of people don't know I've been stabbed. A lot of people don't know I've had bats broken over my head, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I'll let you judge. I'll let you, you know, have your fun. Judge, say that, you know, oh, he's a friendly dude. He's a softy. And it's like... I've gotten to the point in life that, you know, if if you mess with somebody I truly care about, I can become that that evil energy. I can take care of business. I can handle stuff, you know? And, like, yeah, prime enough. example, um, yesterday we were celebrating, you know, my mom's birthday. And out of nowhere, my brother just storms out running because, you know, one of his kids was crying in the car with uh, his uh, his wife. Okay. And everybody thought, you know, oh, shit, somebody hit her car and, like, something big is about to happen. And when I tell you, everybody in that in that restaurant just looked at me and said, Gus, go outside. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like when people know that you can handle business and people are comfortable around you, man, you'll make a lot of people feel safe, you know. And once you truly get the concept of being able to read energies and connect with people, You'll be able to sense, you know, hey, you know what? I feel comfortable around this person. I could be myself around this person. This person's not going to hurt me. If anything, this person will defend me. Yeah. Now, but for those that don't know how to read that energy, man, I love it. Because like I said, <laughs> I love playing so, the innocent. Don't get me wrong. I know every Harry Potter movie. Yeah, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I know people, I'm telling you, it's crazy. But at the same time, everyone has their own cup of tea. Now, would you say that you could you're able to talk in front of a crowd? I would say so, yeah. I feel like I've never been shy, you know? And a lot of that, like I said, comes from the sports I was in, you know? I was always in the front of the show, you know? I'm the eldest child, too. So, like, okay. I always had to be that person that spoke for people. Even growing up, you know, um, my mom didn't know English. So even at stores, I had to be the one that speak spoke for her and stuff like that. So, like, shyness was never one of my things that I'm like, oh, yo, you know what? I, nah, I can't talk right now. Nah, nah, nah. Like, people are going to judge what I say. No, hell no. I want people to learn from my experiences. So there's not, like, one There's not one shy bone in your body? I understand if you say no. Because I, I, I can say, because I know there's people that at first they're quiet, and then they, then they, you know, they become themselves or they start to be themselves. Then there's, I mean, there's people that try to be, they try too hard. Like, and then there's just people, you know, like us, that we're just ourselves. I feel like I could be myself, you know, um, depending on the conversation, of course, you know, I'm one that I like seeing the energies and yeah. feeling out the room. And that lets me know how open I can be. Because like I said, there's going to be people that when you talk, bro, they're not going to give a fuck. Nope. And there's people that, you know, when you talk, they're going to be obliged to listen. They're going to be drawn in. And I think I think the biggest thing that could make me shy would be of a female that I found attractive. I feel like that's probably one that might put me on the rocks. And why is that? Because at that aspect, you know, I'm not one to look at a female and say, hey, yo, she's hot. That's it. I want her. Hell no. For me to be attracted to a female... It has to be a female that, like, is one, mentally strong, emotionally strong. Like, to me, physical attraction is probably about 
of yeah. the combo that I'm looking for, you know? So when a female like that does come around and does catch my attention by her life goals, by her conversation, her being able to keep a conversation, especially deep ones, you know? When I see a female that's been through a lot of struggles and, like, she's coming out still smiling in the world and shit like that, like, that just buckles me down and puts me to my knees, man, because I'm like, yo, big props, because I know what it feels like going through that shit. I've been through so many struggles in life that, like, a lot of the times, like, people look at me. Um, I was speaking to my little sisters the other day, and they're like, hey, yo, you, why don't you need a therapist? Like, you, you've been through so much in life, but you go around spreading so much happiness and joy to people and, like, trying to change their lives. Like, you, you don't accept the part that, like, You've been through so much. I'm like, I do. It's just I don't let it bother me. So to find a female like that, that would bring me to my knees because I know what the struggle's like. I know what these problems could cause. Yeah, I key. And and that's another thing too. Like I've also been told, like, man, you it seems like you never down, like you never sad, you never I'm like, Well, it's cause my dude, like if I'm sad, I'm gonna get happy. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking shit. Like, so what would what would you say to people that get like I don't want to say anxiety, but get nervous, shy to talk to a crowd or to even people? Like, how, what would you how would you tell them or give them advice to get out of their comfort zone to get uncomfortable so they really, can upgrade? Really think about what it is that you want to do and say. You know, uh, what are the biggest quotes? that I, I've been living up to right now is um, watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habit. Watch your habit. They become your character. Watch your character because it becomes your destiny. Okay. So if you look at that, you know, it goes back to everything that has to do with talking to people, being shy, having anxiety, um, dealing with life. You know, you are in control. So be careful of your thoughts. Don't let these negative thoughts get to you because sooner or later they're going to turn into words of you speaking in the mirror. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. Or talking negative to somebody else, you know? And words, they become actions. The more you tell yourself something, the more your mind's going to believe it's true. So then your body's going to start doing it automatically, right? Right. Actions, same thing. Once you start doing something, you do it repetitively, it's going to become a habit. And then it's going to be a habit you can't break or you might struggle to overcome. Habits, they become your character. You know, people see somebody that likes to wake up at noon versus somebody that wakes up at five in the morning. You know, that speaks a lot about your character, um, the way you carry a conversation, the way you engage people. All those speak on your character, you know, and your character is a big decision on what your destiny is, because that lets people know and lets yourself see like, yo, this character is not looking for a destiny. They're not looking for a big goal. They're not looking for big accomplishments. So I feel like that's one of the biggest quotes and, you know, lessons I could give somebody that does feel anxious, does feel, you know, bothered. I feel like you, we have to realize that no matter how many problems we've been through, there could always be worse. Um, that's why I never like to speak on my problems because I feel like a lot of people will look at me kind of like a pick me. Like, oh, look, he he just wants to one up somebody. It's like, I don't yeah. want to one up nobody. Like, <laughs> I've just been through a lot of shit. Yeah, that's just and, how it goes. And I'm just here to tell you, like, me being based on somebody who has been through a lot of shit, like, don't let 
whatever problems you're facing hold you back. Be that shining star that you are. You know, show those pretty eyes that you have. Um, show that smile that you know you're fearless. Hold your head up high. Because the I moment think. the moment you duck down is the moment somebody's shadow could be cast right over you. Yep. And that's that's hard to get over. Now, so you have a a team or a fam on uh, TikTok, don't? Yeah, so um, we started a family called the Black Ops, you know? And, you know, the Black Ops to me, you know, I've seen a lot of families on TikTok, you know? Um, Hollow Tips, one of the biggest ones I support. You know, you guys are amazing. You guys are great people. There's a couple families out there that I support, the Royal Fam, you know? Um, Chancleta Crew, there's a lot of families I support, but I always felt the need to have a community that's outside of TikTok. You know, like yeah. you said, you got to have that circle where like you could chop it, chop it up and you can have deep conversations one moment and jokes the next day. Right. Yep. So with Black Ops, you know, I feel like my biggest goals and the people that are being brought into it is to make a community. I don't even I don't even want to say family, bro. I want to make a community of people, one, that feel comfortable with helping each other, um, people that want to inspire others, and people that actually want to connect in a way bigger level than just one application or two, you know, whether it's TikTok, Instagram. I want people to be able to say, you know what, we took these trips together. We helped this person out in so many different ways, you know. Um, even right now, we barely started, but I was speaking to my console which is Cali Queen, um, my boy Izzy, and my boy Eric, you know, we spoke today, and, like, one of the things one of them mentioned to me was, like, how would it be, you know, if every member of the group just started putting apart a little bit of money every week or every now and then, you know, just in case somebody in the family does go through a problem, like, oh, my car broke down, I can't fix it, I don't have the funds, or, hey, you know what, like, I can't pay my light bill this time, you know? I want this family to be a support system for anybody that joins and everybody that's willing to be positive and believes in the same movements we believe in. I want to be able to help people as much as I can. And I want to connect with people as much as I can. And I, I want the family to stand out for that. I don't want to stand out for the gifts. I don't want to stand out for the battles. I don't want to stand out for who knows who, you know? Yeah. To me, it's more about the connections we make with one another. So if you could give them a speech to mo get motivated, what would it be? Be yourself. Be yourself and don't be afraid to show your true colors. People are going to judge you. I'm not one that's going to tell you, hey, be yourself. Nobody's going to judge you. Nah, they're going to judge you. But realize that, you know, being a part of a Black Ops or being a part of a family, you're going to realize you have people that are going to defend you, whether you can defend yourself or whether you don't have the strength to. You know, I'm one that's going to be on the front lines, at least for my team and stick up for my people and say, you know what? They're not alone. So regardless of what you got to say, you know, they have people that are going to support and defend them. And I feel like that goes to all my friendships. You know, I want everybody to be themselves. I'm tired of, you know, seeing people that jump on an app or jump on, you know, an Instagram or a Snapchat and pretend to be somebody they're not. Let yeah. me see that goofy side of you. Like, you don't have to be fully serious. Or you don't have to be fully goofy. Sometimes, you know, there's people that are have a lot of pain and hiding in a smile and in a laugh. Yeah. 
show me your true colors. There's a lot of people that are hella serious because they don't want to be judged at that as that joyful person. Fuck that shit. Let me see your giggle. Let me see how funny that shit is. Let me hear your ass snorkel a little bit here and there. You know, I want to <laughs> I want to be able to see those moments and share this, those moments. Um, there's too much darkness in the world to not enjoy a smile or you know some joy. So I feel like that's our biggest goal, and you know I feel like we're on a great path into getting there. Now I usually have a question of the day. My my question of the day is: um, Is there someone on TikTok that you find that is interesting? And I mean, you don't have to say who it is. Um, and uh, do you see a future with yourself with them? On TikTok? Like, yeah. you, so in my aspects, like a female that I'm attracted to. Yes. I would say there's a couple, man. Um, there's a couple females that I've met on this app that are females, either one that, you know, have been through a lot that I think deserve a lot more. Um, there's a lot of females that I see that could inspire more, but to say that I, uh, I could see a future with them, not yet. I mean, I'm one to, I like to let, you know, things outfold and I'm not one of those guys that jump on this app just to flirt. Like if anybody yeah. that knows me knows, like I'm more about conversations, having a good time and talking, you know, I'm not, I'm not just on here to flirt with people. And like, to me, that's kind of childlike. You know, facts. So to me, it's more so like I'm waiting for to find that connection, whether it's on TikTok or off TikTok. You know, if I see you're a female that you know has a lot of the qualities that I'm looking for, of course I'm gonna try and engage with you more often. But as to try and force or try to hope for a relationship out of it, I don't think I'm that kind of person. It takes a lot for me to open up to a female, especially like on a deeper standpoint of view. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, we could have this deep conversation kind of like the ones we had today, you know, or the ones we've had in the past. And that's perfectly fine with me. But when it comes to speaking to a female, like, I want to know, like, the deepest things, you know, your deepest struggles. I want to be able to speak to you about my deepest struggles, my biggest problems. So, like, those are the level of connections that I look for to be fully attracted to a female. I can sit here and tell you, hey, look, this person looks beautiful. This person looks beautiful. That doesn't no, necessarily yeah, yeah, mean course. that I want them. Yeah, but, everybody, people can look attractive to other people, but no, yeah, it's all about the mindset, how they, how they are, how they are, how they move. Because uh, someone once told me, like, uh, the pretty ones have the worst problems, right? And so, to me, I feel like, I mean, I, I think we all got problems. It's just like how you say, you just got to, the way uh, people are feeling comfortable. Now, when it comes to, say, women, do you say, do you think that women are, have changed and men have changed or it's still the same as traditionally, like how they used to be back then? Or what are, what are your takes on that? I feel like everybody has changed to an extent, you know? I feel like, um, I honestly, my opinion is that men and women have switched roles as far as emotions go, you know? A lot more men are not afraid to speak when they feel depressed. A lot more men are not afraid to tell a female how they feel. 
And I feel like a lot of females, they're more closed off. They don't want you to know how they feel. A lot of females don't want you to know if you're, they're attracted to you or not. A lot of females want to be independent. They don't want to depend on a guy, you know? And yeah. that has a lot to do with, like, how old school tradition was. You know, old school tradition, you know, most females depended on the guy. The guy was the head of the family. So with independizing, you know, women they become a lot more selfish in a way to say, mm -hmm. hey, you know what? I don't really need a man. But I don't think every woman's like that, and I don't think every man is like that. But for the most part, I think that, you know, the, the roles have switched. Okay. I mean, I really yeah, I, I could say the same because uh, it's just, I mean, I guess, it's not that I guess, but it just feels different from how it was and and not saying that's a bad thing for women to be independent at all it's just how i see it people love toxicity like crazy um i feel like people that are too nice get super taken over uh taken advantage I mean, I put it, I put it this way. Look, and a lot of people are gonna criticize me for this, but it's okay. <laughs> um, I look at it as like the lock and key theory. You know, I feel like every guy on this earth is a key. Mm. Every girl on this earth is a lock, right? Yeah. So a lock that can be opened by many keys. You know, aka guys, and you know the female yeah. being a lock. Is a shitty lock. <laughs> and, you know, a key that can open many locks is a master key. <laughs> so with that, <laughs> with that being said, you know, I feel like if a female sits here and gives every single guy an opportunity or sits here and just entertains these fellas like, hey, yo, I don't know about you, but my tools are expensive. I want a good lock on that shit. <laughs> And then you got, and then you got the ones that. What about the ones that pick locks? Oh, see, I haven't ran across one of those. That <laughs> that that would be a little scary right there. <laughs> that hey, you, you know what? Those those are you know the pick locks are the guys that are, that are friend zone and make it out of the friend zone. To me. <laughs> those are the pick locks. Like, nah, you thought I was locked up. I made it out. <laughs> Hey, that's a good one. That's a good one. Those are the pick locks, you know, the guys that are friend zone. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, females friend zone guys way too fast. You know, they don't really take the chance to realize that sometimes that best friend or that guy friend that you friend zone could be the one that treats you the best. I ran into so many situations where I meet a female that like I want to give the world to, but we end up as just friends, and it's like damn, like, you do not know the aspect of how I see you in my eyes. Yeah. They, and they like, see it like, okay, you know, he's just a friend. He just... Yeah, and it's because, you know, they're looking for something else, and, like, they're searching for something else, and, like, they don't let that beautiful friendship blossom into something bigger. Yeah, they, they go into some toxic ass shit. I was speaking to a couple females <laughs> the other day, and they were saying that, like, most of the time females really don't notice a guy until another female points him out. Facts. I think that's true. And I feel like that's 100% true, especially when it comes to friendships, you know? 
if you're hanging out and like you're with a female and she's with her friends, right? Mm-hmm. The moment you start treating her nicely, differently, you know, with a little bit more respect, a lot more like love, her friends are going to be the first one to tell her, hey, yo, that's your friend. Look how nice he's treating you. Oh, look at all this stuff he's doing for you. Oh, man, I think you might have a, like, he should be the one. That's you know, when the female well. will start deciding. Hey, you know, you know what? Damn this well. Is- My bad to cut you off, but you know, damn well. That's not what they're talking about. They're saying, oh, man, he he nice to you, huh? So you using and abusing him, huh? Like, it's not even like that. I mean, I mean, <laughs> we both know that's the truth, but <laughs> I, mean, I put I'm it saying, in like... a little more objectical uh, general term. <laughs> you know he treats you nice. Girl, get him to buy you this instead. Yeah, because they... Because how you said, the, the roles, not all, but most, if the roles have changed, or you got yourself, a, okay, okay, yeah, but I don't, I don't be, I, you know, I don't be, he just, he just a homie and shit, like, but he be coming through. Yeah. I feel the woman, I, and I may get judged for this, but I feel the woman is more of a, you could say, holds more of a grudge, is more of a, Hmm. I'll just say of more of a like you ain't shit type of mentality than how we are. Don't get me wrong. There's dudes that are players and, and you know, they do what they do, but we don't do it shit out of spite or we don't like, Yeah. I'm not going to say there's no guys that don't use women, but I feel like it's just, I feel women use more of guys than women or than men use women. I'm going to say it like this. Most women don't realize how much control and power they have. Right? So for those women that are getting played by these guys that are dogs, most of the time it's because she don't know how much power she has. Right? Yeah. Now for the women that are very independent and very controlling and like realize how much they're worth and the power they carry, they can either be a, you know, flourishing sunflower or they can be the most toxic female you'll ever meet because they will abuse you. They will use you. You feel me? Yeah. Just because they know what they can do and the power they control. That's yeah. why I said girls are like locks, bro. They choose what to accept, what not to accept. They have total control, I think, in today's world when it comes to relationships. A woman, yeah, a woman would choose her own boundaries. True. I think it's not like back then, you know, back then it used to be like, hey, yo, we've been dating for three months. Okay, now we're boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay, yeah. after six months, okay, now we can smash, you know? Okay, after this many days, I can give you a kiss. In today's world, uh, the woman controls that. She she decides whether it's going to be a one-night stand, whether she's going to smash you after a week, or whether she's going to wait for you to meet her parents. A female controls all that narrative. True. Depending, though, depending on what kind of uh, man you are. Because women, to me, don't get me wrong, they're majestic and all that, right? Beautiful and everything, right? But I'm going to tell you right now, and it may come across however you want to take it, but I know damn well if, if, say, we get ignored, we're like, fuck it, going on to the next one. But if you ignore a woman, 
She's like, why the fuck is this motherfucker ignoring me? Oh, yeah, she's going to be petty. She's going to talk to your best friend. Like, n- not even that, though. I heard uh, from somebody say, there's 10 dudes at a bar and one beautiful woman, right? And everyone's trying to get her attention. Gotcha. Everyone's trying. She's just right there, right? But that the one motherfucker that comes in, that's like, just gets himself a drink and she realizes why. going to be drawn to. Smoker's not even paying attention to me. Like, what the fuck? Am I not working? Exactly. So that's why I feel like it just depends on the person you, you are, like, like, however you want to take that. Now, yeah, 100%. I think, you know, another big thing is, you know, us guys, we get bored a lot easier than women, you know? I, I, I can't say that. I think it's, I think it's kind of the same now, honestly. Well, I, I, listen to me like in this aspect right think about it in this aspect um when a guy gets rejected by a girl right mm-hmm. at that point that guy's bored he's all right all right on to the next one right now, yeah for these guys that are like players that want to talk to multiple women right mm-hmm. as soon as they realize that one either they can get what they get they want out of it and move on at that point they're bored they don't want to talk to that female once they get what they want or two, when they realize they can't get what they want, that guy's like, all right, that's it. I'm done. On to the next yeah. one. Females, on the other hand, you know, they're a lot more mentally capable of entertaining a whole thing, you know? If they see a guy's attracted to them and they might not be attracted to the guy, they can sit here and go on five, six, seven days. Hey, take me out to eat. Let's go. Take me to the movies. I've been wanting to see this one. Which is fucked up. <laughs> Which is very fucked up. But I mean, to me, that that's the truth in today's world. You know, I've met yeah. countless of females that use their guy friends just to go out to eat. Uh, use their guy friends to go see a movie. Use their guy friends to go shopping with. You know, and it's like us guys are being used. I don't. I'm not saying all guys a good guy, right? Yeah. But I feel like the way females treat us definitely changes the character of a guy and how they act towards females. Most definitely. Yeah, because you're going to have your simps. You're going to have, you know, the pimps. You're going to have the, the, you know, the women that they want, the, the bad dude, whatever. The, I'm not going nice... to lie. Speaking personally, mm-hmm. I really think I'm a simp. You really think you are a simp? Yeah, like when it comes to a female that I'm attracted to and I like, I'm going to try my best to treat him like a queen, like a princess. So, like, I would classify myself as a simp. And being like, but see, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say all women, but they know most women don't like simps. I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. Okay, okay. Now, because you're saying, like, like, you're trying to give them the world from the beginning? Yeah, like, if you're somebody I'm interested into, like I said, it takes a lot for a woman to catch my attention in that way. Mm-hmm. So whenever you do, like, I'm going to try my hardest to treat you like a queen. I'm going to try to give you everything that you've never gotten. I'm going to try to surprise you with everything. I'm going to try to, you know, plan perfect dates. I'm going to try to make it bigger than what it is. I'm going to, like, straight up give you that royalty treatment. So, like, I would classify myself as a simp. Okay. To to me to talk to multiple women, like that's boring. Like 
I hate to say that it's boring to me because like honestly, like I don't even like talking to a lot of people in general like that. Like you you could ask a lot of people around me, like it's rare that I'm on the phone with somebody because I'll be the first one to say, Hey, hold them up, I gotta go do something <laughs> just to hang up. <laughs> you know? So like if, hey, if you catch a deep conversation with me, hey, you lucky because that means I, I like you and like I love the vibe. Yeah. Most of the time, regardless whether you're a guy or a girl, like if you're calling my phone or texting me, there's a lot of times where I'll open messages and just for, <laughs> like won't respond at the moment because I'm like, I don't gotta give my energies to this right now. Like I'm trying to learn something else right now. Like hey, trying, keep that I'm away doing from me. something. All right. Yeah. So like when it comes to a female that has my attention, like I, I think I'm a very big simp, and I'm not afraid to say that. Hey, there's something wrong with that. If that's how if that's how you feel, then that's how you feel. You know what I'm saying? Hey, not everybody that says is facts. You know what I'm saying? That's why a lot of the things people get mixed up. A lot of people say, "Oh, but you know, like earlier right now, I just said, hey, but you know, women don't like honestly, hundred percent. Who knows? Who knows? Do you believe uh, that there's somebody out there for everybody? Like someone always has one. Their soulmate, you sh- you could say." I believe that we encounter our soulmate multiple times throughout our lives. You know, I feel like there's different soulmates. There's a soulmate that's going to teach you a lesson. There's a soulmate that's going to be your best friend. And there's a soulmate that you're going to have for the rest of your life. Whether all three are the same person, that's all up to you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I feel like there's three soulmates that we encounter in life. True. I I, I agree with that. Hi, Key. So, like, I, I'm hoping I, I find my soulmate. There's a couple people that I've had in my life mm-hmm. that I was like, hey, yo, I think you're my soulmate. But they weren't ready for a relationship. So I'm never one to force a relationship on somebody. We yeah, could be... But- we could be caking up. We could be having the time of our lives. But if you're not ready for a relationship, I'm not going to push that on nobody. So a lot of times, like I said, shit, I'm, at this point in life, I wish there was somebody next to by my side. I really do. The, um, I was telling my group this other day, you know, like, I don't know what it is, but something about this year just has been making me feel like I'm alone. And like the sad part about it is that I'm comfortable being alone. Like it bothers me that I'm comfortable being alone. It's not the fact that I'm alone and it bothers me being alone. It's the fact that I'm comfortable with it that bothers me. So now what what is it that so comfortable but you saying that you want to get married, but you're so comfortable being alone? Why is it so comfortable? I mean, comfortable and being alone in in the sense that, you know, I still have the time throughout the day, throughout, you know, my life right now to choose and pick exactly what I want to do each and every day. You know, yeah, like that's what I'm comfortable with. I'm comfortable with the fact that I don't have to, you know, look out for more than the people I care about right now, you know? Because I feel like once I fully commit to somebody, to me, I like to put them, I wouldn't say above my own personal goals, Mm -hmm. but they're right there hand in hand, right? 
So before yeah. any decision, of course, like their opinion is going to matter to me, regardless of what it is, whether it's waking up at five or waking up at six, like their opinion matters. So like, that's the part that I, I feel like it's wrong to be so comfortable with because I feel like everybody needs to vent. I feel like everybody needs to, you know, talk about their issues. And I feel like everybody needs somebody in their corner just to cheer them on, whether they're friends or somebody, you know, that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. But the way I see it, like, and I could be wrong, right? I could be wrong, but I'm 27. I'm almost at 30. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to have a kid and be able to still do sports with them. Yeah, you don't want to be that wanna, old dad. Yeah, I don't want to be that person, you know, just because of the kind of energies I carry and the way I carry myself. So, like, I would hate that. And, like, I want somebody to be there and say, you know what, like, I was a part of everything he built, whether it's just watching and supporting. You don't have to help with it. But it's just to have somebody grow with me. I feel like it's one of the biggest blessings I hope for. Okay. And I feel like I feel like once you know what you're looking for, it's a lot easier to want it. Yeah, no, most definitely. Because when you don't know what the hell you want, that's the worst. That's the horrible. Because you're just like, fuck, I don't know. What do I want? With, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I was I was at that point in life at one time, you know, where I was talking to multiple females, and like to me, it was entertaining because I got to see different aspects of everybody. I got to see different aspects of the female in general, right? So, like, yes, at some point in my life, that was entertaining, but now I'm I'm telling you, like, I hate when people blow up my phone. Like, if your conversation ain't either deep or like having anything <laughs> to do with what I got going on right now. Like, I'm sorry, but like I'm a either dry text you or I'm going to ignore the hell out of you. Like, Hey, yo, uh, hey, I'll hit you back. I'll hit you back right now. I got, I got, uh, man, I'll yo, my back. most, my most famous excuse. And a lot of people <laughs> that are getting close to me are starting to realize, like, if I don't want to talk my quick, Hey, let me, I got a phone call real quick. Hold him up. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I could be in somebody's box on TikTok. Hey, what's up, y'all? I got to. Hey, I usually just say be right back or hey I'll, hey, I'll call you back. I'll call you back and I forget. Yeah, like that's my yeah. thing. You know, I got a phone call. I'll be back. Yeah. Hey, sometimes on TikTok, I just be leaving. I know it sounds fucked up, but. If you're somebody I don't kick it with, like on the regular on TikTok and just one of my friends is in your box. Best believe I'm going to just leave. Ain't, <laughs> ain't no goodbye. Ain't no be right back. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm out of here. I entertained y'all enough. Yeah, I got to go. But but if, you know, you're somebody that I kick it with on the daily, chop it up with on the daily, you know, conversate with on the app, hey, I'll be right back. I got a phone <laughs> call. <laughs> Honestly, there's, there's a few people that I've noticed, like, and, I just don't, I, I don't know what it is, but like, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, hey, I'll be right back and I'll just go start my own life. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> Bro, and I don't see anything wrong with that because, you know, I feel like you're kind of like me. Like, we like people that engage, you know? Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of times where we could be in these boxes and everybody's like, either, all right, I'm going to go to sleep or they're like, all right, 
and then it's just silence. Yeah. And like, I'm sorry, but I'm not just gonna sit there and be silent, bro. <laughs> Hell no, like I'm, you either gonna hear my music or you gonna hear my lip. You decide, but if you ain't fucking with it, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly hey, I'm not gonna lie. There's times I, I get bored and I'm just like, ah, I'm out of here. I mean, just last week, for example, <laughs> I think all week, bro, I was jumping in boxes trying to be engaging, right? Mm-hmm. But I just wasn't feeling it. So I would just leave and I'll start a live just playing music. I love music. <laughs> I feel like music is a great way to like, you know, vent and to connect. And like, <laughs> I would just start playing music, bro, because I was like, I ain't trying to deal with people. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean by that. Like, high key. Cause, and you know what's crazy? Sometimes people think like it's a certain way. Like, it's like if they think uh, depending on a song you play or and it's like literally I'm just playing music. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people are like, why the fuck is he playing that song? Like, is that towards me? Like, and it's not even like that. It's just I'm playing music. That's just what I'm listening and, and, to. And you know what? It, it low-key bothers me sometimes, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, like, there's a lot of people, I feel like, that me and you both know, you know, we have our Latin community side that talks to us, can speak both languages, but we also have those people in our lives that, don't speak two languages or, you know, aren't connected with the Latin community. And like, there'd be sometimes I feel horrible, bro. Because like, <laughs> I'll be jamming to like the deepest, most depressing Hispanic song I know, bro. I'd be in there in my feelings, just jamming out, vibing out. And here, here comes somebody that don't understand it. So then I feel bad. So I have to change my genre. After this. Hey, yo, I could go from the saddest corrido, bro, to listening to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Depending on who joins a lot. Yeah, just, I mean, it, I guess it depends. But, yeah, I've, I've noticed that, like, lately, that uh, people feel a certain way. I don't know if it's because of the energy we have or I don't know what it is. But there are people that feel a certain way. And it's just like, I'm not even, I'm not even trying to do all that. I'm just being myself. It's just yeah. what I'm doing. And so... People feel a certain way, like especially when I leave their live and we'll start my own line, which I don't feel like there's nothing wrong with that either. There's not. I think most of the time that I leave um somebody's lives, like to go start my own, most of the time it's because I feel myself taking over somebody's live, bro. I don't know if you've noticed it, but like there's been once or twice where like I'll jump in somebody's live and I'll just take over it. Yeah, you know? be like, Wait, and like I feel to... horrible because like at the end of the day, like these are their people, right? So like to sit here and have them engage with me fully is like, all right, my bad, bro. I know, like my bad, girl. Like I know y'all were vibing to y'all shit. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't better come mess up y'all's, you know, organization. But you know what though, I I feel it though because it's like you're putting people in an uncomfortable zone, which is that's what they need. Yeah. Because to be comfortable the whole time, it's not fun. It's not fun for me. For me, I like the whole uncomfortable shit. That shit, not the, I'm talking about like asking people, because people like to really engage in questions, especially questions that are deep. People are like, oh shit. Like earlier today, he, he that, that dude said he just likes to go and troll, to get out of reality. Yeah. And now he's just like, oh, shit. No, I didn't know there was people like this on TikTok. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just different. But I've I've gone through that shit, like, whether it's off TikTok or not, my whole life. Like, people just, 
feel like it's and I'm not trying to say like in a way like to sound no it's not that it's just you gotta match my energy if you know what i'm talking about like straight up and and whatever i'm doing is not towards anybody i'm just playing music just because i put tupac hit him up doesn't mean that that's towards you facts fact you know what i'm saying so like and that's what people don't understand because so, it's not a bad thing to be in your feelings but like don't think everything that i'm doing is towards you the fuck but that's yeah, just how it goes. i feel like that's the hardest thing for people to grasp you know they they want everything to be about them or they want to feel like you know they're important to a certain extent yeah and it's like for us that love communicating and having deep conversations it's like yeah, you know what? Like sometimes I just want to vibe out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to vibe out. You know, shit. I'm just trying. To, don't come in here and tell me you're gonna go to sleep, bro. Like you gonna ruin that my sh- whole vibe. That shit blows my mind, my dude. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not knocking people, but damn, how you gonna? How you gonna have a sleeping vibe live though? Come on. Well, see, I I hate to say this. You know what? And like I I, I I'm not one that I'm gonna ever tell you. Hey, you know what? Don't sleep in my life, right? <laughs> I won't ever be that guy to be like, hey, yo, like, I got to drop you. Like, you're going to go to sleep in my life. No, I'm not that kind of guy. But it does irk me the sense that, you know, <laughs> people feel that comfortable to just jump in somebody's box and be like, hey, yo, good night. Yeah, like, my dude, I'm telling you right now, and I tell people all the time, if you come in my life and you fall asleep, I'm kicking your ass out. Because what if somebody else wants to jump in and, you know, and engage and people are like, oh, that's messed up. Like, no, what's messed up is that why don't you chill in the chat and fall asleep? See, I've I've been the kind that I kind of wait on it, you know. I wait till they fall asleep, and then if I see somebody <laughs> that wants to join, I'm like, all right, don't worry, like you can come up, I'll just kick them out, they're asleep anyways. Oh, I'm telling you, my dude, it blows people's minds when I do it all the time. They're like, damn, you just I'm like, my dude, other people want to come in the box. Come on now. Facts. Just how it goes. I mean, hey, they say life ain't fair. I'm going to tell you right now, we can't be sleeping when we trying to do something. You know what I'm saying? At all. Because at, at least on our both of our lives, you know, you never know when a deep conversation is going to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're asleep during that thing, I'm sorry for you. There ain't yeah. no recap. I mean, that's just how it goes. That's just how it is. Yeah, I know people's TikTok. If you don't have a TikTok, we should get one. You'll probably understand. You'll probably see us on there. Well, Gus, I appreciate you for being a guest on my podcast. Um, I always say to everybody that listens, y'all stay positive. Don't ever bring yourself down. Chase your dreams and catch them. Um, Is there anything you want to plug? Any shout outs? I mean, uh, big shout out to you. You know, thank you for having me, man. Um, Like I said, you're a great inspiration to me and what I support and what I do you know, and to seeing you be so positive and driven, you know, your team, big shout out to everybody on your team, you know, Chucho, Juanita, Tavio, Trip, Chris, big shout out to all of y'all, you know, y'all are all doing great things, you know, um, big shout out to my team, Black Ops, you know, shout out to everybody on, on my team, you know, they're all very positive people. I would just say, you know, same like you. Be positive. Don't let nobody's negativity hold you back. And keep on inspiring people. You never know who's willing to listen to what you got to say. That's right. You already know. 
All right, y'all. Y'all, have, y'all be safe. Have a blessed year, blessed day, blessed night. Till next time. Sixteen is a month.